Welcome to another episode of Alex and Mo podcast. And we have the Chief Visionary Officer of Brickham Yoga Works, uh, Kendra Blackett the Binger. Now, Kendra, I am a black woman. According to society standard, I'm overweight. Um, I know I'm not the most flexible person, but when I think of yoga, I tend to imagine a white, slender female who is pretty flexible and very focused. And someone like me, who can be self-conscious, going into a studio knowing that someone is flexible and that's their space, I will feel intimidated and I won't show up. I will just continue to probably be tight um, and not go. So what? why did you think you, as a Black woman, could enter into the space and not only have one studio, but three and expanding into a space that is not predominantly for black women? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's and it's interesting that you said it's not for black women because I actually think it is for it's it's for us. <laughs> it's, it's for, for us. Okay. All right. It is for us. And 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 you know, one of my biggest things is about um, making sure that all of us feel like it's our birthright. You know, wellness is our birthright. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think for so long, we have been excluded from wellness modalities that actually will benefit us. And at the same time, our communities are the ones suffering with all the highest rates of XYZ disease, right? So it's almost like, you know, the preventative, um, the preventative measures that are out there are either in way far out communities where you actually have to travel like over an hour and I'll, that, I'll share my experience about that. Um, or you're in, in areas where um, you'll, you'll basically be the minority and you won't actually necessarily see people that look like you. Um, and so when we decided to open up Bikram Yoga Works, we were very specific about where we wanted to open and we looked for communities that were actually very diverse. And so our first studio in Riverdale Park was 30% white, 30% black, 30% Hispanic. And I was like, yeah, that's it. You know, um, and and when you look in across a Bikram Yoga Work studio, you see everybody and everybody, you know, so everybody, every type of shape, every part, you know, from smallest to largest, from oldest to youngest, you'll see a lot of different people coming in. Um, and I think that this is part of the advantage that, you know, me as a Black woman brings to the space in terms of making sure that people feel welcome. Um, I know what it feels like to be the only person in the room. <laughs> and oftentimes when I even learned about Bikram Yoga, the first class I went to, I was like, it was actually in D.C. So it wasn't a bad thing um, because D.C. is pretty diverse. But when I went to I, I grew up in Boston, so I would often go back to the studio in Boston and I would be the only one in the room and the only other black people were my sisters <laughs> and so it was it was the craziest thing and i always felt othered you know what i mean and um and i used to teach at a studio in bethesda same idea it's like you know i was one of very few um, um black yoga teachers bikram especially yoga teachers in the area um and and i was like you know what this is something that everyone needs and i i a friend of mine actually is the one who told me about it in the first place she said Kendra, I went to this class and I can't even explain to you what happened, but she normally takes medication for uh, arthritis and she takes it every single day. She said, I went to one class and for two weeks, I didn't have to take any medication. I said, really? I said, if it could, if that, if it could do something like that for you, what could it do for me? And I, and I didn't need any medication, but I was like, let me go and see what this is all about. 
I went to the class and um, it was a, a, a guy from Eastern European um, a teacher and very thick accent. I didn't understand anything he was saying, but the feeling that I got at the end of the class was so amazing. I was like, I'm coming back. When can I come back? I literally went for seven days straight and I went and canceled my gym membership. And they're like, no, we have yoga here. I said, no, 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 no. You don't have this yoga. <laughs> I, I did everything in my power to take that class. I would, And I worked from home often. I would find a way to, in the middle of the day, go take the class. I mean, I was addicted, you know what I mean? But I realized that, you know, there's so many benefits benefits of it to, you know, not only in terms of physical health, but mental health, you know, you're, you're in a room that you're of 105 degrees, 40% humidity, you're sweating out all your stress, all your frustration, all your anger, all your whatever, all your emotions are like leaving literally your body and you're leaving it on the mat and you walk out with such a sense of lightness, you feel light, you feel energized, you feel ready to kind of take on all your challenges. I, I often get my best ideas on, while I'm on my mat. <laughs> so wh when when did it go from this is something that I'm doing for myself to this is something that I want to provide for others while I can make it a business, I can make it an uh, uh, entrepreneurial journey, you know, provide for myself, my family. Like what was the tipping point that made it to go from one to the other. Yeah, I was working internationally. I, I you know, traveled a lot back and forth. East and Southern Africa um, was my stomping ground for a very long time. And I was working on children affected by AIDS um, issues in East and Southern Africa. And, and I really loved the work. Um, and it, but it got to the point where I either had to be there or be here. And because I had kids, I had small children. And then my last son, my, my, my last baby, my, my son um, mm -hmm. came and, um, and I just was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with the traveling back and forth. I went, I had him, I had to go to a, a conference in Ethiopia and I, here I am carrying a baby, an infant to this meeting. And I was just, and and of course they didn't catch, they didn't give me another seat for him. And, you know, my, 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 my job allowed me to travel with my baby because I was a breastfeeding mom, but, um, but they didn't give me extra anything. And so I was there cramped up, you know, on this plane with this baby. And I said, enough that and that literally that was my final trip i said i'm done i'm not doing this anymore um by then i had one studio open um i still taught for like a year while i um when the first studio opened I, and i was teaching i was um also working but i was uh i got to the point where when my son came because i was pregnant that first year of the studio being open so when he came like when i'm returning to leave i went back to the to work and i was like mm -mm, enough is enough um but there was a couple of other things too that were tipping points for me because i was working on um children affected by AIDS issues in Africa, I start, started feeling less and less comfortable leaving my children here. Um, so as I was leaving, going to, you know, work overseas, I love the work, but I was leaving my children. So I felt very conflicted about that. And, and I just wanted a, a different pace. I wanted to be home um, with my son. I was able to stay home for several months with him. And then my boss was allowed, allowed me to work from home for several months. So it was, it just, you know, life changed for me dramatically when I had my third child. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I still love traveling. I do retreats overseas. And so I still get to, I get to, you know, satisfy that urge, but 
but I'm home, you know, my kids are able to see me. So that was for me what it was. And then also I, I realized, you know, there isn't many people looking like me in this space. And I really felt like I had an opportunity. Um, when I was in grad school, I became a personal trainer. So I was already in this kind of fitness space. Um, of course, again, with the travel international, I couldn't maintain clients. And so when I found this, I was like, oh, okay, even if I have to travel, I can, you know, just sub out my class. But it, it was just a different um, model. And then I said, no, when I was done, I said, mm, I think I have an opportunity here. And I, it, it grew so quickly. I, we opened in 2014, 2015, my, my um, landlord said, we have this other opportunity for you in DC. Um, are you interested? And I was like, uh, yeah, but how, how am I going to do it? I don't know. Um, they built me out a whole studio and I was like, okay. And then, and at that point I didn't really understand how development really works in terms of like, you know, working with these big developers. I was like, oh my God, they can actually build you out for your own specifications. And then, so the money that I actually had taken out as a loan for this location, I was able to use that to buy another location. <laughs> so, so in 2015, I opened two locations. So we had three. And then in 2015, uh, 2018, we opened another two locations. So then we went to five. And then we had um, this, uh, you know, satellite location, um, which was within a, an athletic facility called um, Athletic Republic. And that was really an interesting concept because it was working with student athletes who were basically being primed to go pro. Um, so we had a studio in there, in their facility. So we grew to seven locations within five years in a very short period of time. Um, and then COVID hit. And then I said, okay, time to reevaluate. Went back down to the three locations and and I feel so good about it right now. But we're seeing, you know, there was a time where I realized that our people are were the ones who were keeping the studio alive. You know, when people were canceling their memberships left and right, um, we provided a community where people were like, nah, I need this, you know? And so we started this whole underground thing, Shh, underground, <laughs> this underground, you know, studio <laughs> movement where people were like, it's COVID, but we're coming to class. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was so beautiful. Like that we, and we all kept it quiet, right? We just like, mm -hmm open the studio for y'all but you guys got to keep it quiet but you know they wanted it and um it's just it's just been a great journey <laughs> it's definitely an outlet i mean there are many advocating that gyms should stay open um yeah. people should be allowed to exercise and you know have their fitness uh going on because it did contribute to some people's um overall mental health uh that that camaraderie you know congregating talking to other people versus being trapped in your home and yeah, yeah. but some it's, people it's being a, trapped with people they they're now getting to know it, even though they've been married for a while exactly. but <laughs> so many issues you know what i'm saying and then today uh, one of my oldest members and he's he's just been such a mentor to me but he sent me an article from the new york times and it was talking about an epidemic of loneliness right of you know people feeling really alone and and he said your studio's solve this problem, you know, and I I love that because the idea that people um, don't have to be isolated, you know, even for elder, even for the elderly, and which is funny because normally this is an issue of the elderly, right? They feel alone. They, you know, they're disconnected from their, from their children, from their, you know, offspring or whatever. Um, but they're saying, no, it's happening in the middle age group in the 45, around people around 45 years old, which is my age, you know, and mm -hmm. I am like, 
that's crazy, right? Because this is like, we're supposed to be in our prime. This is our prime at this point. But I really think that COVID really tried to um, destroy those relationships that we really need to kind of feel healthy and feel connected and um, the mental health aspect that we offer in this in a studio and um, community like this is is amazing. As I said, people were like, we're coming. They were like 6 a.m. became the busiest time. <laughs> Everyone's like, we're coming. Whoa. Before, before <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's funny that you talk about, you know, the, the underground uh, yoga sessions because, you know, we look back now at some of the, you know, the rules and, and things that were put in place early on. A lot of it because you just people didn't know any better. The people making these types of decisions just didn't know. Right. Um, but I still remember like here in Tampa, uh, Tom Brady got in trouble for going to a park to, to throw the football yes. around. Yes. Like and that became a big thing. Yeah. Right. Because he was like, you know, I, I can't be home right. like when, you know, and who knows his home is might as well be a park in itself, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, like he goes out to a local park here in Tampa mm -hmm. and the police are like, hey, you can't be here. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we look back at it now. And we're like, you know, it seems kind of silly. Yeah. Um, it's counterintuitive when you think about it. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, people had to. To, to find that thing to give them some sort of normalcy. And, and I think for most of us, um, activity and, and fitness and, you know, working the mind, the, the, the everything is usually an outlet for most people. Yeah. Um, and when that gets taken away, uh, you know, it can have serious impacts. And, and I think we'll, we'll find out more in the years to come how much yeah. more of an impact those types of, of things had on the middle age, even the younger, the um, younger yeah. you, you, you know, group, like we have a friend who, you know, like you think back when you were in high school, like senior year prom, mm -hmm. like you, you remember those things for the rest of your life. Right. You know, we have a good friend, her daughter, they lost, she lost that, Yeah. you know, her senior year, she didn't have any of that. So right. it's just wild you know, this time period, you know, we'll, we'll get older and our kids will ask us probably more and the grandkids be like, what was it? You yeah. know, what was it like? And, but it, it was great that you had an area for your, your members, your, your community to, to be able to try to regain some of that normalcy because it, it was the only piece that you had at that time. Correct. Yeah. And I really love that. Um, you know, we had to transition obviously online like everyone else did, but we um, we had a lot of people join us online and we have a studio in Baltimore. The Baltimore location was a little bit, um, you know, almost an outlier to Bikram Yoga Works because of this location. Riverdale and Ivy City are very close to each other. Um, so you can get there within 10, 12, 15 minutes from each other, but Baltimore is a whole hour, right? And so the Baltimore group, by them being able to come online, all of a sudden felt now included in the community. And it was it, that was so important because it helped to really sew the fabric together. You know what I mean? And um, and now they're the most active group on Facebook, on in our Facebook group. They're the most active in in on our social media pages. And so when you look at that, you're like, yeah, it, some you know there were some definite benefits for us in terms of really solidifying the community um, within Bikram Yoga Works during the pandemic. Um, but now you know it's 
thriving and I, I see people coming and they're like, you coming tomorrow? You come, you know, they're planning their classes together. And this is part of how we um, are promoting health, right? We, you know, it's an, it's, there's an element of community, but community, what does community do? It, it provides accountability also. It, you know, you want to be there and you want to be seen. Um, and so um, our people are seen and I, and I'm excited about that because, you know, this is not the skinny, you know, white girl in, in the studio only. It's everybody. I mean, there, yeah, of course you have the skinny, you have the skinny black girl, you have the skinny white girl, you have the fat black girl and the fat white girl, you know what I mean? You know, so it's, it's all of them. Everyone under the sun is there. And, and what I love about it is that no one feels excluded. And I think, um, and I, and I think that's specific to, to my, to me um, and, and to uh, people who look like me, like there's an element of inclusion that already is part of the ethos, right? So when people come in, they, they're not going to feel othered because um, we know what that feels like. <laughs> so we, we had to be we intentional about not making anyone feel that way because it's a space for as long as you're here for, you know, your health and well-being, we're here, we're here for you too, you know? Well, one thing I have to ask, because you said what kept you going for seven days straight and quit your gym membership was the feeling, the experience that you got. Yeah. Did you try to put that in a jar and be like, this is what my studios are going to look like? I want people to have that feeling and always have that feeling. So the feeling for me that I got that first class was I sweat so much mm -hmm. in that room. I was like, I felt light and I was like, this is amazing. Like, you know, you work out, you, of course you raise your endorphins and all of this, all of that, you know, I get that. But this one was so different. Like I literally looked at my mat and it was like soaking with sweat <laughs> and, and I just felt <sighs> like I like almost like I wrung my body out and I just felt renewed. It was so amazing. So for me, it was more like, this is there's something happening and by the time i has continued going 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 i felt better and this was right after my second child by the way so i i found this after my second child so and i didn't really like going to the gym anymore anyway and so finding my way back to my body after having it was a little bit of a traumatic birth for me the second one and I, I needed something different and it gave me what I needed, you know, and what I noticed. And I tell people, including my instructors all the time that the person who walks into a Bikram yoga studio is not your average person. And it's not your average person just looking for a new workout. You know, I was looking for something, not necessarily a new workout. I was looking for something and whatever it was I was looking for, I found it there in that, on that mat. And, um, and, and so people come in, you know, of course they've, as, you know, they've gone through many doctors and they can't find out what's wrong with them. They cut autoimmune diseases. They have all types of stuff and they're willing to subject themselves to 105 degrees and 40%. That's that person is special <laughs> and we need to treat them that way you know what i mean and so i tell my teachers that all the time like we the person who comes here is not just your fad workout person this is not someone who's they're coming here because they want to take control of their health and if we can offer them that ability to do so i think that would be great i say to them the person comes in has a problem here has a problem here in the heart or here in the gut right <laughs> i say i always tell them that because it's like 
once you understand that, you understand that it's a delicate situation that you're dealing with. And it's not just, you know, your average Joe who just wants a good workout or a good sweat. No, it's more than that. It's more than that. People are actually trying to take control of their health. And oftentimes when I listen to the stories that I hear, um, they've gone to doctor, 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 and all they've been given was pills, 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 and no real, you know, idea about what it is that they can do that to get them off this medication eventually and in control of their health. And that is what I think for our people, especially, they need that. They need to be able to, they need to know that they have the ability to turn their health around at any stage. You know, um, a lot of it is, is is bringing conscious awareness to what we're eating, how we're moving, what, you know, what, what kind of toxic energy we're around. You know, there's all of that, that I feel we tap, we tap on in, in the studio. Uh, that's, uh, that's really good, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Alex and I are both physical therapists. Mm -hmm. You as a very health conscious, as you said, it's, it's when a patient comes to us, it's in the mind, it's in the heart and it's in the gut. Yeah. How should, how would you advise us to approach a client? We, well, we go into their homes, so that's their space. Mm -hmm. Approach them so that they can have the feeling that we are really in tune with what's going on in the mind, what's going on in the heart and what's going on in the gut. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it to me is 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 not just treating treating symptoms, right? right? Mm -hmm. you know, and I I've been there. I've gone to I've gone to every doctor under the sun, right? <laughs> I've been there. I, I'm actually I am interested in in kind of you know different you know healing modalities. So I've gone to all types of naturopaths, all types of doctors, you know, um, and. Um, and a and I remember one experience. I even went to this naturopath, and it surprised me because you know I'm thinking naturopath. You know they have a different type of you know bedside manner. No, not necessarily. She looked at me, didn't touch me, and I walked out of there spending over five hundred dollars in supplements. And I was like, this is not it. <laughs> and so my thing is like you know I think if we can look at them as human beings first of all um, that have really you know it, different. Um, things that are going to be needed to, for them to even implement what you ask them to do. You know, we still okay. have people here who are like, oh yeah, I want to lose weight. Da, da, da. Okay. Well, how are you with your diet? Are you able to, you know, um, implement this, that, and that? Oh, and if they don't have the resources, they don't have, we have to be able to really help them solve the root problem um, that they're actually addressing because it's not like, um, oh, you just need to eat better. You need to eat five servings of vegetables a day, or you know what I mean? It's it's different. It's uh, our communities are facing uh, various issues on access in um, you know knowledge, even um, how do you actually put your food together? There's all these other things that I think um, need to be addressed beyond just okay, we're going to deal with your mobility issue here. It, it's um, you know maybe they don't have um, you know certain uh, things that they're going to need to be able to implement what your suggestions. And so I think understanding what those, what the actual issue is, the barriers to their, um, their being able to adopt whatever it is you're asking them to do, um, it, it's going to be important. Um, I, I think treating people again or meeting people where they are um, and really understanding. So what we do, um, we offer free wellness consultations. So when a person comes in, um, we give them the opportunity to meet with one of us and say, okay, well, what is it you're really here for? Like, what is it? And you often find that uh, there's several issues, but at the base of it, a lot of people are suffering from inflammation and, you know, the, which is impacting their mobility. And of course, um, autoimmune 
skin issues, which is really gut issue. And, and so there's all these other things that they're dealing with. And so we can give them some um, advice and, 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 and means to be able to address those other issues if we kind of understand that, um, understand their, you know, the total profile. I think treating them as whole beings instead of just you know, symptoms <laughs> is important. So, uh, more, most definitely. You, you mentioned, and you, and you hit on a good point, meeting these individuals where they are um, and there being uh, multiple different factors that play into um, their ability to, to, to meet their needs and, and do like stuff. Something that commonly comes up is, is a financial aspect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of uh, minorities average tend to be on the low, lower socioeconomic uh, point. So what do studios, if anything, what do they do to help facilitate that access, right? So because we think yoga, we think expensive memberships, you know, things of that nature, yeah. um, because we run into the same problem in physical therapy. You yeah. know, going to outpatient physical therapy gets costly. Um, so it, it automatically puts those in a, in a lower bracket that much difficult for them to, to kind of get to that, that mm -hmm. level playing field, so to speak. So, you know what I've noticed in business though, and I think this is an, in general, um, when an individual really wants to change something in their life, there's something that connects with them you know, internally and they attract externally in order to get there. So even though we have, you know, financial barriers, da, 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 there's always going to be some issue, some barrier to, to, to getting what we need. But the moment you make that decision that this is something that you need, you know, you're going to make it happen. I mean, I think of my own life. Okay. Did I really need that dress or did I really need to go on that vacation or, you know, but I made it happen because I really wanted it, you know? And so I think when I, when I, when I look at people, I'm like, okay, if I, let me tell you what I had to do. I didn't, I wasn't making a, a whole bunch of money when I found out about Bikram yoga, I was supporting my family. Right. Um, and, uh, I went and I said, well, how much is the membership? They were like, blah, blah, blah. It's this much. And I said, okay, well, that means I have to cancel my gym membership. I have to do this. I, you know, and I did all of those things because I wanted that, you know what I mean? And so I think that there is sometimes this assumption that, financial reasons are, you know, enough of a barrier to make people not do or not do something. And I think it's partly in our community, especially that we need to be able to change that perspective. Um, on all of these interviews that I do, I always talk about this one book that I read that's changed my whole life. <laughs> and it's called The Science of Getting Rich. And in that book, he talks a lot about how a lot of it is a mindset. If, if you know, poor people, they, you know, poor people, financially poor people think that they have no power. But if they were actually to band together, they actually have the power. They're actually the most powerful. Um, and if they understood that, they can actually make change. And so I think for us, um, when we think of, you know, if the person, if we can get the person to understand the benefit that it would bring to them to be able to live healthier, move better, you know, not have pain when they get up, you know, you know, all these things, you know, then something has to click in them and they're going to make it happen. You know, I really, I do believe that. Of course, there are other, there's, there's always barriers. So for us, what we do, we do um, have like a, a scale of pricing. So 
And recently we just introduced a limited membership. So we have unlimited, which of course is the highest um, amount, but I was like, okay, fine. Can you commit to one time a week? One time a week, because what I'm trying to do is get people to have the habit of moving the habit of showing up, the habit of committing to something that's actually going to impact their health for the better. Okay, can you commit to two times a week? We'll have a 10 cost limited package. Can you commit to three? Now, if you could commit to three, you better get on the unlimited package because that's the best deal. And so I have to get them there. You know what I mean? And so I I, I create uh, an opportunity, but we also have um, uh, what we call a work study program. So if they really can, you know, like students and, you know, there are people who just really can't afford it. I get it. Um, But but they're willing to come onto the work study. They're willing to volunteer to do it. And um, and they get free and unlimited classes at the studio um, in exchange for two shifts a week, two volunteer shifts a week. Um, so we make it, we try to make it affordable um, for so that everybody can come in. And then when, when those volunteers come in, they realize they're giving something and they're getting something in return. Um, for the people, um, we find the people who are most successful in the volunteer program are actually people who understand the benefit of this yoga, right? They are actually in class almost every day. And then they're like, yeah, I could do my two shifts a week for that because I'm here already, you know? Um, and if, if the re- when I see that someone isn't taking class, I already know that they're going to jump off of work study. I already know that because they don't see the benefit. And if they don't see that as an exchange, it doesn't work. And so I, I really, I, I find that for us, that has been a great way um, for us to bring people on board. And during the pandemic, we started um, a an ambassador program. Um, we called it the I Come to Breathe program. And um, and we got people all, all across the country, across the world, who wanted to help spread wellness in their communities, inviting their friends and families into our online platform, because we do stream most of our classes virtually as well. And so, um, we are like, okay, and that's a cheaper rate too. If you're, you know, home and you can't come to the studio for whatever reason, you can stream virtually. And we have a, um, a cheap membership and cheap drop-in rate for that as well. Um, and so, um, and I find that people, people make it happen. When they want it, they do make it happen. Um, you mentioned that when you first started, like Riverdale was 30% Black, 30% Hispanic, mm-hmm. 30% uh, Caucasian. Yeah. Now, what percentage of the class makeup is male, female? Okay, the good question. It's mostly female still. Um, but oh, okay. in, in some of our locations, we actually have more men coming in than women. Like the class right now that's being uh, is being taught is being taught by a man, a black man, and we have about 50% men in that room in that room right now. It's I mean, so so Ivy City, our DC location has probably the most men coming in. Um, most of, let me backtrack, most black men coming in. Okay. In Riverdale Park, we have uh, you know a lot more white men going in there, and that's very much. I wouldn't say it's even. I would still say it's predominantly female. I would say seventy percent, thirty percent over there. Um, and then we have the Baltimore location, which looks more like eighty twenty um, in terms of male female on twenty. Uh, of course, the lower end being men. So the reason I asked, um, we've been talking about how the pandemic affected people make increasing social isolation. Yeah. I just read an article where it said that a lot of men, especially between the ages of 30 and 55, are complaining now that they don't have any social connection. They don't really have any friends yeah. that they can talk with or vent 
um, per se, even if they're married or stuff, because there's some things they don't feel like they could be vulnerable enough to tell their partners and their spouses. So um, they interviewed some men anonymously, and I was surprised that the percentage of them that complained that they felt depressed or mm -hmm. isolated. So there's a stigma in the Black community that seeking mental health uh, counseling is is a uh, uh, I don't know if I should say the word, but it's 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 frowned upon. Yes. Um, also, that's typical in the Black community is that we should use um, church as an outlet to help with emotional and mental issues. Even the Bible app this morning, it was telling us to capture your thoughts mm. and capturing your thoughts. You know, just don't, even if you think something negative or bad, just capture it and not um, externalize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for some people, it's hard to do. It's, it's a lot, that, that in itself is stressful. But something like yoga um, can offer a yep. platform on escape to do that, especially as you said, sweating it out makes you feel lighter. Um, it makes you feel relieved, and you have that community where you can talk with people and you you bond. Yes. So, how would you, as the owner of a studio, encourage black men, Hispanic mm -hmm. men, who are you know known to be macho men, yeah, to 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 try something <laughs> that's typically for typically women, yeah. for white women. You know that's so funny. Bikram yoga is actually a very athletic yoga, which is why a lot of men end up doing it. And it's, mm. it's actually hard as heck. Um, this Bikram yoga is like when they come Regular in. Regular yoga is hard. Yeah, so I can only imagine. <laughs> and then it's so funny because the men become real competitive. Like their wives bring them their husbands in, and they're like, they die. Right, <laughs> and then there's something triggers in them that competitive spirit triggers, yeah. and then they're like, "I'm coming back, and I'm I'm gonna rock it," you know. <laughs> so I love seeing that because we do have a lot of men who are coming in, um, and and in my classes I get uh, quite a few men, and it's lovely because they're talking to other men. Right. And and we have to utilize, you know, in a sense, these ambassadors to kind of bring other people in to let them know, nah, man, this this joint is hard. Like it's it's even better than a gym workout. Like you're gonna have all these other benefits. And I see people coming in, they're losing weight, they're getting fit, they're looking good. One of the things about Bikram Yoga, we end up we we are in front of a mirror the whole time of that 90 minute class. So you are looking at yourself minutes. in the mirror and you are confronting yourself in your worst, right? Like all, you know, looking all sweaty, looking all crazy, your hair's all messed up or whatever. Your clothes are clinging to you, you know? Um, and and at the end of it though, you're like, you, you actually have to have a little bit more compassion for yourself. You know what I mean? Like to be able to say, you know, um, it's okay. You, it's humbling. It's humbling. Um, and I see um, a lot of men really transforming from that macho man to kind of like, I'm good. I feel really good. <laughs> and I hear the testimonies all the time and I love it because, um, you know, it's not just for women. It's for everyone who um, who really wants to take control of their health. But for men who are like, oh, yoga's for women. No, if you can see, if, if you really try that, you will be like, oh, wow, that joint is no joke. It is no joke. And, and so if you're looking for a challenge to your workout, cardiovascularly, physically, mentally, it's it's all challenging and um, you're going to find so many benefits from it. 
Yeah, my colleague has been challenging me to take a class. Um, yes. But I, I will. So yes. I'm going to go to the one closest to me, which was which will be the one in Riverdale. So okay. when I do, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. Good. Um, I hope no one talks about if I have any fatness issues if I'm in the class. No. <laughs> Not at all. You know, we have a class. Um, we have a class called Flex, um, uh-huh. and I and I always tell people try that one first because it's not as high of the heat um, as um, as our Bikram yoga class. But you get such a good stretch and and an awareness of your body and kind of where you need to go. And as physical therapists, I encourage um, you guys to try that class because some of these moves. Uh, you know, of course, we do it in the in a heated room, which allows for more mobility and flexibility. But a lot of these most people could just do at home um, and, you know, you can give them certain sequences, especially if they're dealing with um, lower back, hip, you know, um, knee issues, shoulder, neck issues. Um, so we go through I'm, I'm I'm a fascial stretch therapist, by the way. So I know you guys are physical therapists, but I'm a fascial stretch therapist. And so the class is created based on on what we do in our fascial stretch therapy sessions one on one. Are there any contraindications for someone not? Uh, doing the Bikram yoga? No, but um, of course, if, if there are people who have um, heat, who are heat averse, right? So if there's issues with heat, um, I would say, you know, maybe um, like I know some people who have like lupus and other autoimmune diseases that are triggered by the heat. So I would say, you know, maybe you go to a lower heat class and we do have those. We have yin yoga. We have the flex class. We have these other classes that are lower heat. Um, but but really the Bikram yoga is so good, like for people who even have asthma, you're learning how to breathe deeper um, and your lung capacity increases. And and there's so much that happens in that the oxygenation of your cells and all this helps movement better. Um, what I notice with people too, the more they come into the hot room and the more they swim, the more they drinking water. A lot of our folks don't drink water, right? Like you're always drinking juice or something, right? Like, you know, and so, <laughs> oh, we want the lemonade, you know, or the Kool-Aid or whatever, you know, there you go. <laughs> Right. We, but the more they do the yoga, the more they're drinking water. And um, and yeah. water is such a, a good thing. Right. It's like it's cleansing. It, um, it really keeps you, um, um, it, you know, it helps the cells and everything like that. So I think that um, um, there's so many other benefits that people could get to. So, no, not really um, so many contraindications, but I do know some people who are heat averse and, and heat can trigger some of their symptoms. OK. Now, did you go through any kind of formal training you know to get to where you are or and then when you bring on you know new teachers and instructors is there like a formal training to go through or, or what does that process look like yeah so i i went to the bikram yoga teacher training um 2010 and and that was nine weeks in california with bikram himself and so uh, i definitely got that training of course i've been teaching for several years now um and then we create um i was a um i was a nasm trained uh, fit personal trainer so nasm i did i did that and so but my background actually is in public health and public policy that's really where i got my degrees and that's where my professional career really started um but i was so interested in this other stuff because uh, again, from the public health aspect, to me, we need to be able to um, give people resources for them to be healthy. I mean, I 
because of the roadblocks I hit within the medical system, I didn't want to just be given pills and supplements and this and that. No, I really wanted to be in control of my health. And I, and I knew a lot of it started with diet, but it also is movement, is exercise. And I, I didn't want to um, just be, you know, stuck having to, you know, get a cortisone shot in my knee or, you know, all the time or, or whatever the case may be. So I do think that, um, you know, there's that aspect to it. But now when teachers come to me, we um, they usually have their certifications and we test them out first. And then, of course, we have our own teacher training program within the studio. So Flex is, uh, creation, is my creation. And then we have Dripped, which is our resistance-based um, training. So we use resistance bands and weights in that class. Um, and that's supplemental to the Bikram um, and the other yoga classes that we have. So we do train in those as well so flex then regular bikram then dripped dripped yep mm-hmm. so I, I have to work my way up from flex to you can take drip. Drip. drip is just a fun no, workout no, no, no. <laughs> okay. but it is intense you, that's it the way you see the videos most of the videos that i post are from yeah. drip so that's a that's to give you an idea of what happens in drip when, but. when mo goes to do the class we're gonna have to do a live feed for yeah, all that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. that would be really, really ba- baby stuffs baby stuffs yeah. okay <laughs> start with flex flex i love flex i mean it's the class for me because when pandemic hit I all of a sudden was teaching five, six classes a day and my body was breaking down. Okay. Mm. That class was my recovery class. I was able to stretch my spine, work those hips, really open it up and keep it open. I felt so amazing. I actually, I'm missing the class tonight for this podcast and that's okay because I take it at least two, two to three times a week. Okay. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, Today I taught I taught three classes, so I'm good. I, I've been okay. but, but um but I normally take the 7:30 p.m. class and I um but it, it just kind of sets me and I and I fall asleep and I feel so good the next day. But that's why I say try that because that one so it helps it helps with the sleep. It helps, yeah, because it it really relaxes you um, Mm because you're stretched out, like you're really like stretched out. Um, And what I realized for me is that a lot of people are not really aware of their bodies. And so, you know, as physical therapists, movement Mm -hmm. is, is... Movement is it requires a lot, right? It, it, there's there's so much going on in order to move, and especially people who are um, unable to move in the normal patterns, the other things can start to compensate, which further stop them from moving, right? You know how that goes. And so a lot of people start to lose that connection with their body and how they're actually supposed to move. And so what I love about Flex is that it allows people to reconnect with their bodies. Like you can feel your spine, like you can feel the lengthening, the opening of your spine. You can see really clearly how your hips open through your 90-90 sequence. And I love it because, um, you know, we, you know, people are getting hip replacements, knee replacements, you know, all types of replacements. And you're like, no, like, let's, let's try to get that together, you know? Um, so I, I do, I, I love what we offer here because I think, you know, with yoga, especially you're raising awareness about, you know, your body, your mind, your, your state of being. Um, and so what we do here is, is all of that. Yeah, a lot of us only pay attention to our body when it's in chronic pain. Yes. Um, we think just taking the Advil or the Aleve or Tylenol, mm-hmm. when you do get the first sign, it's, it's going to be the uh, the remedy for it. But uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a warning sign that, hey, something is not quite right. So I, I guess teaching the tips uh, to prevent will prevent 
for the course later on. So that's definitely good. Alex, I told you she was a great negotiator. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that you have three classes today. Like, I'm interested. Have you ever, for fun informational purposes or whether you actually use this info, like, have you ever weighed yourself, like, before and after with the amount of sweating and stuff that, like, no, <laughs> I stay away from scales. <laughs> I actually stay away from scales because it doesn't tell me what I. Re- I mean, well, I'm probably, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there's more to it, Wayne. And I don't mean like from just like a pure like tracking what, but I'm just curious to the amount of perspiration that you probably go through. Oh my god, discussions. Six between sixty and ninety minutes. So today I taught two six two. Um, well, forty five. One, one was look, 45. Look at Alex's face. That's what I'm saying. Like you're yeah. in a, you're in you're in a hundred and five <laughs> degree temperature for two plus hours. You, like, I, I think, mean, we're gonna lose water weight for sure. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Um. And people do weigh themselves, and they you can go you can fluctuate five to seven pounds in a day. Like it. it yes. Yes. For real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I imagined, okay. right? Like so the me, day before graduation, I'm gonna take the class. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, but then you can't. You just can't eat. You can't replace all those calories. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just got to be. You know, again, it is water weight. Obviously, you're not. You're not. You know, burning fat or anything in right. that amount of time that quickly. Right. But it's still fascinating to me. I think to. To, to the amount of sweat, right? So you're just releasing all yep. this, 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 this fluid um, that again, to, to your point earlier about drinking plenty of water, like you've got to replenish that yep. so that your body can function adequately. Yeah. It's not just water, but like, you know, people, I saw you were drinking essential water. So it's electrolytes. It's, it's the electrolytes that they're losing in, um, through the sweat. And so that, you know, you do have to keep that balance. Um, we often do challenges. Uh, so 30 days, the 60 days, 90 days where someone is taking a class every day for those, you know, 30, 60 or 90 days uh, and people lose weight. So if you're trying to lose weight, um, a lot of it is like, you know, really right sizing um, in that room. Um, and so people will realize, oh, if I do the Bikram yoga, let's say, I can't go and eat oily food, pizza, and all this other stuff because my stomach will be so upset. And then people start, after they do it for a few weeks, they're like, I try to eat some chicken and I can't even digest it. Like they literally vomit it up. So a lot of times it's like what we're realizing that people are, unconsciously consuming um, food. And the moment they start to realize, um, well, maybe uh, tune in, when they tune in, they're like, oh, maybe this doesn't make my stomach feel good. I feel bloated when I eat that. Again, to me, it's about bringing conscientiousness to everything that we do. And then you realize, oh, I don't, I can't put that in my mouth because X, Y, Z, it makes me feel this way. Or when I eat that, oh, my knee swells. Or when I eat that, oh, I notice inflammation coming out. And so this is what we're trying to get people to understand. The more you can tune in to what your body's telling you, you can actually be on the path to health because you won't be consuming things that actually are negatively impacting you. You know, um, a lot of people, I just see them just eat like the other day. <laughs> 
So I'll tell you, it's 105 degrees, so people are sweating. Okay, don't like you know, and it stinks. And so, <laughs> so well, that's that's what that's what I was saying. I don't want anybody in, to go say, "Oh my God." No, the woman comes into class and she was like, she kept leaving, and at one point, I'm gonna stay, just lay down, and she said, "It stinks in here." <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so hard. I said, "Well, yes, because last night people went drinking." And they were eating fried food. <laughs> so, so, so she was like, I said, yeah, so now it's all coming up through their pores. Does that make sense to you? She's like, oh my God. <laughs> but, it's, but you, but you, like, it's the funniest thing. Like, let's say New Year's Eve, and then people come in for New Year's Day class. The alcohol, you can, it, it's, it permeates the room because mm. literally you're, you're detoxing in the room. And that's what's happening there. This is why when people try to eat things that, really shouldn't be in their body in the first place it they, the body physically rejects it and then all of a sudden they're losing weight they you know fitting in their clothes that they haven't fit in a long time um they're eating healthier because they know they can't eat certain things if they want to really take the class and um all of a sudden they they're healthier i mean it, it's it, i love seeing that transformation of um of our members i, I could definitely see the joy in your face you yeah. know just the excitement <laughs> just talking about it and the benefits of it so not only does it improve your sleeping pattern and improves flexibility and movement, yes. you said that it also helps with helping you to balance the mind and becoming more self-aware. Sure. So it definitely works. Alex, I'm going to try. And for those who need to lose five pounds this weekend, <laughs> go to Bikram Yorka Friday. Yes. Fit into that jeans. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I'm going to ask you now because, you know, Mo and I, we're always bouncing ideas and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, I, I always love to learn how to pick their brains and stuff like that. And, and sometimes even try to implement some of the things that they may be doing or have done to, to kind of be successful from a pure business standpoint, mm -hmm. what advice recommendations would you have somebody? Like if I said to you, Hey, maybe I want to open a, a, a Bikram yoga studio mm -hmm. what what advice would you have to to an individual like that uh kind of mistakes that you've made or or things that you could have done differently mm -hmm. the first thing i would say before anyone opens any business <clears throat> regardless of what it is is i, I always would ask them if it's their passion <laughs> i do believe that you know passion and purpose make profit, right? So if you're if you're really passionate about, you said that in class. You, said that in class. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're really passionate about it, you're gonna you're gonna be successful about it because because business is hard, right? Like when COVID hit, like we were all like, oh my gosh! And someone asked me the other day, and I said, like, you know what? I just didn't, st I stopped, I didn't start, I didn't stop moving. I kept moving because I had no other choice. I didn't even know what else to do, but to keep going. Um, and so and when the going gets tough, are you just gonna, you know, throw up your hands and, and you know, a lot of teachers went, put their blanket over their head. That's not entrepreneurship, you know? So if you, you have to be committed all the way. And so that's for any business that you want to start. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that I think I learned the most was, you know, you starting a business, you are the face of that business and you need to be there. You need to actually lead the business and people need to see that. Um, I I took for granted um, my Baltimore location because I had a main teacher there. Right. And I and I was focusing on the other two. But, you know, that moment that teacher left, I was scrambling. Right. Because she was able to move um, maybe a third of my clientele with her. And so it was like, whoa, no, you have you you are 
your brand. You have to be the face of your business at all times, at all times. And um, and I, I think the other thing that I think I've learned too is that, you know, I am a very... Um, you know, family oriented type of person. And so the people who I want around me have to have that same ethos. So I want people around me who understand the mission, what I'm trying to do, how I, how I interact with my clients and I need them to do the same. Um, and at the moment you have someone who is maybe not aligned with that, they should not be there. You know, and this is a lesson that I've had to learn. And it's a mistake I've made many times because, oh, I, I, had, I rationalized keeping somebody on my team that really wasn't about Bikram Yoga Works. They were about themselves. And if I, if I really um, was honest with myself, I would have said, no, she doesn't fit the ethos of this business. And when you have somebody like that, you cannot keep them on. I was reading a, um, a, uh, a thing uh, last week and it was talking about one bad apple could actually spoil the bunch and, and, yeah. and, and, and it's in all things. Right. And yeah. so I was like, okay, this is Kendra, the lesson that you continue to learn because you are so nice. You want to make people feel this and that. No, not for business. For business, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to be very clear about who you have on your team and, and what you're willing to accept and not accept. And the moment that someone goes awry, you have to address. And if they can't align, you know, get in alignment, they cannot stay. Um, and that's that's something I've learned too. Um, other than that, I I, I do feel like, you know. Um, paying attention to the business is important as well. Um, and so this is something that I have had to keep coming back to. I, I teach still quite a lot. A lot of it is because, um, you know, I'm still trying to grow some of my newer um, offerings and I want to make sure the quality remains. Um, and so as I do that, you know, I start like handpicking teachers to join my teacher training. Um, and so, but um, it's meant that sometimes I'm so physically tired that I, I don't have the, I don't have the mental wherewithal to do paperwork <laughs> at the end of the day. I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I just want to go home and sleep, um, and this, which is what I'm going to do tonight. And so <laughs> tomorrow is like, I got to get up and actually have to do the business. And, and so this is something that I struggle with a lot in terms of, um, you know, making sure that those pieces are not left unattended to, because at the end of the day, you still have to know what your bottom line is. You need to know where your resources are going. You need to know where you're spending that money. And it needs to be, um, it, um, you know, it needs to make sense for the business in order for you to grow and remain profitable. Right. So great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, another thing, like I'm a big believer in like, it, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is like my wife is my rock. Um, she allows me to do the things that I do, you know, personally, professionally, with this podcast and all that stuff. So I, I owe a lot to her and her support and, and her wanting to work together for, you know, my purpose, my dreams that will ultimately bring us back. Tell me about your, cause you obviously you mentioned you've had kids. Um, yeah. How did your spouse fit into this? You know, how do they partake or, you know, what is their role and how has that role allowed you to do what you're doing with the business? Um, so my husband has um, always been a, a major support. And, and it, I, it's funny because 
I spend so much time at the studio and he spends a lot of time at home. So it's, you know, roles have shifted and it's not always easy because, you know, he wants to be out there too. Right. Like, you know, um, um, but you, there's certain sacrifices that we both had to make in order to make it work. And so he's allowed me to really grow the business while, you know, he handles most of the stuff at home. I still do some things like, you know, making sure the kids are eating properly and I cook and uh, things like that. But um, for the most part, I'm, I'm here, I'm running the business and, um, and I have, you know, other supports too, which, um, you know, for me, uh, I have an assistant who help, who cooks for me. <laughs> you know, and she like makes sure that I am taken care of during the day. Like she made me some soup earlier that's sitting there for me to eat tonight. So it's like when I'm here late, I have people who are handling my personal needs as well because it's just not it's not easy at all. Um, so you know, we split uh like with the kids, I drop off three days a week, he drops off the other two, and then we vice versa and the pickup and stuff like that. And um, so it it works. Um, but on the weekends, he's definitely the one mostly with them. Um um, and so it can be a little bit challenging if you don't find the balance. Um, but but he but he has been such a, a great support to the business. He was he teaches every now and then too. Um, so if I need you know um, a, a teacher, he'll come in and, and sub it out. And um, yeah, so we we have a really strong community. What I love even about the teachers here too, um, they really support each other. And so if I need to give up a class. And, you know, because, you know, my kids, like my, I have a daughter who's in 11th grade, one in ninth grade, and my son is in second grade. So, you know, of course, end of the year, a lot is going on with um, end of school year type of stuff. And it's been interesting because, um, you know, the teachers are like rallying around. They're like, oh, yeah, we got it. Recover it, you know. Um, and so it's having that the community is not just in our clientele. It's in the staff. The com- there's a strong community here of support um, where people are willing to take other people's classes. And I love that because otherwise, you know, I can't, I'm only one person. I can't teach everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, this has definitely been great. Thank you so much for sharing the value of Bikram Yoga and also um, some great business tips. Um, I know some of it I'm going through right now. So I, I definitely need to also touch base with you. Yep. And congratulations again on completing the Goldman Sachs 10K Small Business. Thank you. Um, Alex, she, she and I won the same cohort together, so we yep. will be graduating next week. Yep. Awesome. Um, congratulations yeah. to you Thank both. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, but I wish you the best, uh, you and your team, that you continue to thrive. Um, I will definitely sign up for the Flex class. Yeah. Um, she does online programs, so... Yeah, maybe you class. You come to Saturday at eleven thirty. It's both of you can take it at the same time. We'll have to figure that out one time. But but yeah, thank thank you very much. We really do appreciate your time and and obviously the sharing of of the knowledge that that you've acquired and and are giving out to your community. So thank you very much. We greatly appreciate that. Um, We we wish you the best and, and congratulations again. Uh, and to our viewers and thank you as always, thank you for following us and, and coming on this journey with Mo and myself and, you know, we'll, we'll keep, keep churning it out and, and keep putting out content and, and, you know, just see where this, where this ride takes us on. 
Uh, so again, everybody, purpose, thank you. passion, purpose plus passion equals profit. profit. <laughs> All right, let's go. Awesome. Right, thank you guys, thank you guys right. so much for the opportunity. No um, problem. Great work. I love get some sleep guys. tonight. Yes, I will. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Right, thank bye. you very much. Take care.